Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. The Angie's List you know and trust is now Angie, and we're so much more than just a list. We still connect you with top local pros and show you ratings and reviews. But now, we also let you compare upfront prices on hundreds of projects and book a service instantly. We can even handle the rest of your project from start to finish. So remember, Angie's List is now Angie, and we're here to get your job done right. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I, or download the app today. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Hey, friend, it's Nicole, host of the Nicole Walters podcast. Here's where we laugh, we cry, and we grant ourselves grace as we do life together. Let's get started. Hey, friends, it is officially summertime. I have kids at home and the older ones are popping in and out and the little one is in summer camp a real blessing i do not minimize the financial privilege of being able to continue to send my child away for several days of the week so uh, i just wanted to say to all the mamas and sisters and aunties and everyone pitching in to help take care of these babies bless it because i think we're about like one or two weeks in and they're all bored so <laughs> I'm just letting you know I'm in it with you, but I'm still excited summer's here because I'm hoping that we can fit in vacations. And I I do love having that extra family time and I'm, I'm hoping everything finds you well. Now, I was driving in to have this chat with you today and I was thinking, gosh, like what is it that I think has been one of the most transformative things that I've done in the past year? And I mean transformative in you know, I tell you about my tactical stuff, you know, starting my business or launching this product or writing my book. But, you know, I also want to make sure I'm bringing to you belief systems and ideas and lessons that I've actively learned through experiences that I really think are shaping how I'm doing things differently in the future. And when I tell you this single thought process and decision, because I'm holding firm to it, has made me more money. It has improved my contracts, meaning deals that I write are more on terms that align with my life. It has improved my relationships. And I got to tell you, I'm still not even doing it perfectly. So so this is one that you're going to want to lean in on because I guarantee that you're likely doing it. And I guarantee that if you stop, it'll change everything. So I have officially decided as of, gosh, maybe two years ago, maybe a year and a half ago, that I was going to stop explaining myself and over-apologizing. 
Now, you've already heard it. I'm sure there are popular books out there talking about not apologizing. There's tons of scientific case study data, all these things where people talk about how, you know, women have an inclination to over apologize. We put it in our emails. We even preface very reasonable requests like, oh, sorry, Jim, didn't mean to bother you. But, you know, or, oh, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to. Or I, I was about to do this, you know, just, oh, my bad. Like we're always kind of squeezing in apologies. And you know, there's tons of data around how that is diminishing to our character. It's something that, you know, in the workplace can actually affect how people see you. And frankly, it's it's the byproduct of society, right? Society telling us that we have to fit in and be careful and be demure and be meek and be humble and that, you know, we need to make ourselves small, you know, in places and we can't take up space. So you've heard tons of people talking about how you don't want to over apologize, particularly as a woman or a marginalized person, that it's something that really does put you at a disadvantage in the workplace and in your relationship. So, you know, we know that we don't want to do that. There's tons of data. But when I tell you, so many of us over explain ourselves or feel required to explain ourselves in circumstances where it's not required. Uh, Let me tell you a little bit more about what that means. It means that, you know, if we come to a decision that we know we feel good about or we come to a decision that we know is backed by data or or results or we are wanting to enter a new space and we know that we belong there and we've earned it. A lot of us feel the need. And when I say us, I mean women and marginalized people and, you know, high achievers feel the need to explain why we deserve to be in that position or speaking on that platform or presenting ourselves as such. And I want to let you know that for me in particular, I realized that this came from a pretty traumatic childhood. And I do talk about this a lot in my book. It's available for pre-sale now. It's called Nothing Is Missing by Nicole Walters. You can get it on Amazon. You can get it in Barnes & Noble. I'm super excited to get this book in your hands. It's my memoir. But I, you know, for the first time anywhere, talk a lot about my childhood. And you've heard me saying glimpses where I mentioned that, you know, I grew up a child of immigrants. I'm first generation Ghanaian American and that, you know, my parents were very strict. And, you know, a a lot of times, whether it's on Instagram, if you follow me over there at Nicole Walters or on our TV show, even, you know, I used to talk about the funny side of having African parents, you know, having them say, oh, you know, you can work harder or you can always go back to school or, you know, you can be lawyer, you know, like just like I always do their accent. We have jokes around it, you know, or my mom calling me and she still does to this day, you know, my mom calling me and saying, you know, it's not too late for you to have twins. And, you know, God gave me vision that you will have twin boys. And I just want you to know there's still time, you know, like all these things. Right. And it's true. My parents were very much that. Right. They are very much funny, you know, in some of the cultural norms that they are bringing to raising an American child in so many respects. But, uh, you know, I talk about my childhood also being traumatic because it's difficult. And I think a lot of you can relate to this, you know, just by generation alone being raised with certain generational pressures, you know, from the current society you live in or the current cultural expectations you live in that your parents can't understand or align with, you know, that coupled with, right? So it wasn't just, oh, mom, I want to go to the mall or I want to watch, you know, this show. And my parents are like, are you kidding me? Who does that? You know, but it was also things like my dad having severe anxiety and um, completely unchecked. And, you know, my father was also a narcissist and had a lot of 
pressures and expectations around what he wanted and how he looked, you know, and how he was presented that he wanted to enact through his children and the ways, you know, which, again, you know, I detail in the book and it really does deserve you know, words and pages and not just a few moments on a podcast, which is why I haven't talked about it elsewhere. But that really shaped a lot of the way that he interacted with me. And I talk about it in the book and I talk about it in life. But, it, you know, my relationship with my father also really dictated a lot of the men that were in my life until I had, you know, decades of therapy. So all that being said, what happens when you're raised in an environment where there's a strong authoritarian figure or a, you know, parent that you are not comfortable trusting, you know, and for various reasons, or if you are in an environment where you've had to trust yourself a lot and pave your own way and just be out on your own, which again, I think a lot of women and marginalized people can really relate to, you find yourself, oh, 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 and if you've had to enter spaces where you don't see people who look like you. And I mean, women and you know, being black or brown or, you know, just otherwise marginalized, a lot of times when we have entered into these spaces or had to navigate new rooms or had to face difficult, powerful, you know, or even assumed power, authoritarian figures, we've had to explain why we're there. And I have to tell you, you know, just because you had to do it doesn't mean that it was warranted. And Having, you know, had the opportunity for those of you who've, you know, kept up with me, I've worked in major corporations. I have, you know, had the blessing, if you will, of being in boardrooms where billions of dollars have being transferred and moved around. And when I tell you people with money, having been, you know, the one percent and, you know, having been extremely impoverished, I've been on both sides. One of the number one things I noticed, you know, being a poor girl in, in this rich life, you know, I was like. Oh, rich people don't explain themselves at all, like at all. It's the strangest thing. And y'all know our relationship, right? I am your target wearing, you know, cheese eating regular girlfriend. It doesn't matter how much money I have in the bank account or how many commas I have. Like, I will always be a thrifter. I will always tell my kids like, nah, y'all got to work. You know, like you guys know how I am, right? Like if you come over, I'm like, fix yourself a sandwich, <laughs> that sort of thing. But because of the work that I've done and because of, you know, some of the things that I've accomplished, I've been really blessed to get vision into a lifestyle that I just I mean, I don't think I ever would have imagined growing up, you know, even though I've I've worked to achieve it. And being in places, you know, like the country clubs and the private jets and the exclusive member only clubs and, you know, backstage and green rooms and boardrooms and private homes. And I've just I've been witness to a lot of conversations around tables. And I will always tell y'all, you know, the lessons I'm learning from those things, because frankly, you deserve to know them and they're life changing. And a lot of the things that I've noticed when I enter these wealthy spaces is that they're practicing behaviors that you can absolutely practice whether or not you have their bank accounts, and one of which is this not explaining. Y'all, as a mom, I'm thinking about a million things. Did I leave the oven on? Did I pack a lunch? Are there crayons in the dryer again? I mean, I have so much on my mind that when it comes time for me to go work out and start moving, which y'all, let's be honest, can be hard enough to get into the gym. The last thing I want to think about is how my workout gear fits on my body. 
I don't want to think about my girls bouncing around. I don't want to think about things rolling down and rolling up. And if it's that week of the month, I don't want to worry about if I'm going to have an issue with a leak or a spill or anything on. I just want to get in there, do the work and get out. And that's why I'm so grateful that Nike is investing in holistic fitness. They're recognizing that women are multidimensional, you know, and I'm multi-curvatural, okay? I've got a lot going on. And it's important that I feel good in my body. And Nike has performed thousands of body scans on actual women to make sure that our bras are engineered to provide support for the way that we really move. And the thing that I'm really excited about are their new awesome leak protection biker shorts. They're made with an ultra-thin liner, which means you can work out or chill out, not even think if it's that week of the month. I mean, they're actually thinking about how we live when we need to work out. So Nike's come out with these two fabrics. One is called the Lock, And it's amazing because it really holds you in so you can go the distance. And Zenvi, which is made with their Soft fabric, provides gentle support that really stays with every twist and turn. All of these things matter because frankly, I got too many things in my mind. I don't want to think about what my workout gear is going to do when I'm in the gym. So friends, get over to Nike.com today to discover all the ways that Nike helps you feel your all. What's up, everyone? I'm Sheena Shea. You may know me from nine seasons of Bravo's Vanderpump Rules, but I'm here to tell you about my podcast called Shenanigans. We talk about everything from reality TV, pop culture, relationships, parenting, and invite you to join the conversations with Q&A sessions where nothing is off the table. There's so much more I want to share with you. Thanks for listening and make sure to subscribe to Shenanigans to stay up to date with new episodes every Friday. They act with a confidence. They meaning, you know, the wealthy, the powerful, accomplished, the non-marginalized, you know, the, the people who are in positions to make decisions. I mean, they really do move with a confidence that, frankly, sometimes is not warranted. Y'all know that we all have a boss. We all have a Jimothan who likes to speak on things that they may not be qualified to speak on. But everybody be like, oh, Jimothan's great in the office. But we all know he's trash and you do his work anyways. <laughs> but, you know, I mean, a lot of these people will be fairly mediocre and they will speak with a confidence like, oh, yeah, that's definitely what you want to do. Oh, yes, that's surely how it needs to go. Or no, I will not permit that. And they will not explain themselves afterwards. I realized that. 90% of negotiations, of getting what you want in contracts, of getting paid what you deserve is approaching it with a posture of that is what I deserve. And you would be absolutely absurd to ask me to explain why that is. And it's not confidence. It's not just confidence. It's almost a internal knowingness that translates in a way where people are just kind of like, okay. So here's how this sort of manifests in my life, right? This is how I'm seeing this show up. When I go into contract negotiations, before I enter them, right, whether it's for a book deal or a, you know, TV show deal, because I always have, I live in LA, so there's always multiple things going. If you guys don't know that, TV show deals are the type of thing where it can take like four years till it comes to fruition. But I mean, I signed a 
several season deal, you know, with a major streaming network. And so we're working on that process. But it's the type of thing that could take like four years before you actually see anything on TV, if it even happens. Like, it's just it's crazy. But, you know, going into deals like that, what I've learned is that I decide before the opportunity shows up what it will take for me to say yes. Y'all, that's free. (laughs) That's where you are right now. So I'm not even kidding. Literally, I'm like, in order for me to do TV of this style, like, so for instance, one thing that I know that I am in this present season fairly unlikely to embrace would be doing another family style reality show, right? I may be open to a couple show. I don't know, you know, like, but I just am thoroughly over having cameras in my home following my family. A lot of that has to do with the fact that, you know, my littles are in that weird, awkwardy phase. You know, my olders are dating and, you know, building serious relationships, you know, and and it's just kind of a strange time to be documenting all that for them. And also just my relationship's fairly new, so I'd like to give that a little bit of time to, like, settle in and feel really good. I mean, it feels good, but you know what I mean. So it's just one of those things where I already know that's kind of how I feel. But, but, and this is also another thing I learned from the wealthy, everything does have a price or a context where it can work. So I already decided sitting down, like, because I am in LA and there are always opportunities, you know, and my agent may bring me anything. What would it look like for it to work for me? You know, what would it look like for me to do a family reality show? You know, would I need to have a clear cut schedule? Would I need to be able to choose who my showrunner and executive producer are? Would it need to be on a certain network? You know, how much would I need to pay and how long would a season be? What would it look like for me to renew? Would we still film in my house or would we have to be offset? You know, and fortunately, I can draw from, you know, all my TV making history and be able to say, okay, well, you know, these are some things I know are typical. But then I'm also able to add to it things that, frankly, I don't even know if someone would say yes to, but in order for me to move, this is what it would look like. And for y'all, I'm not even kidding. It can be like, well, if I'm going to do it, you know, I just need to know that we'll start shooting at 6 a.m. and finish by three. Like may or may not happen, but you know, you can have that list. So the point being that I am already making a list. And I, I think some of you may believe in like, you know, manifestation or, using affirmative talk to make things come to realization, all that. I don't really consider it that, you know, to me, it really is taking a clear cut awareness of what your needs are so that you when you enter your bargaining position, you are able to remain firm to that because you don't have to explain why something is, but you definitely need to know what it is you want. So, you know, I'll never go back and forth with the network on the fact that, you know, it's really important to me to put my daughter in bed by 730 because that's part of, you know, our bedtime routine. And I really want to make sure that she's comfortable in her day and she gets grouchy if she, you know, stays up past nine. Like, why do I have to explain that to you? I am her mom. This is what's required. You have the thing that you want as an outcome. I'm telling you, this is how it can happen and we can meet your need. If you're unable to do that, then that's what that is. When I tell you, you are so deeply weaken your your position if you feel the need to over explain where you are. So the same thing applies with your feelings and your emotions. Catch this one. 
How many of you, whenever you are wanting to make a decision in your relationship where you're like, gosh, I really want to take the kids on vacation or I really want to enroll them in this school, outside of just sort of illustrating, these are the points and bullet points of why I think it's a good idea, but I also feel like it would be really good for this. I really feel like it'd be good for this. You know, it's almost like the oversell, you know, where it's like I'm going into the car dealership. I know I need a car. I need a car that does these things and has these features and this is my price point. But then they're showing me every single car and they're trying to buy me up and it's almost like you're overdoing it because I'm going to get a car today but now you're doing the most a lot of us do that in our relationships and we also do that in relation to our feelings it's also okay to just say like all right we're going to keep it all the way real this was a huge issue for me in my previous relationship and when I say huge issue for me I don't mean in relation to This isn't a juicy gossip moment, right? This isn't me like trashing my relationship or anything like that because I don't do that and I don't do that here. And that's not I don't have that type of feedback regarding my ex. That's not something I ever want to do. I want to treat that relationship with tact and with grace, you know, if for nothing else but who I am and how I want to show up in the world. But what I can say is that I will speak all day about things I did wrong, right? Things that I had to grow from and things I had to learn from. And over-explaining is one of them. I um, surely would spend a lot of time explaining if we either had a disagreement or if there was something that I, you know, had managed to gain the confidence to really speak on that I felt I needed changed or that I needed help with or that was a need for me. And I would just spend so much time explaining why I felt like that need was valid and why I felt like it was important, you know, for my partner to meet me, you know, in this fashion or, you know, all the different elements of how if this thing could be solved or this thing could be helped, that it would change the course of our lives or it would benefit both of us or that it would help the kids. And I would just spend so much time just trying to argue my case to to frankly prove why I deserved love and in a certain way and prove how, you know, it would help both of us, you know. And what's interesting is, you know, twofold. One, you know, I'm in a relationship now where I don't have to do that. And it's great because I've done a lot of therapeutic work to realize that, you know, one, if you feel like the need to do that, if you find yourself over explaining around certain subject matters, it's probably a pretty good sign that something's not a fit there in general. Right. That's just like sign number one. But two, it's exhausting. Right. Like it tires you out in the relationship, you know, whether it's with a friend that you're trying to like constantly explain boundaries, you know, or in a relationship where you're trying to, you know, constantly explain boundaries. You know, that's just exhausting. It means you're not enjoying the relationship. It means you're not enjoying your partner. It means that you're trying to convince someone to love or treat you in a way that needs that you already deserve to be treated or that you may have confusion around your own worth. And, you know, all of that is no good. Where the other thing that happens is there's a power shift. Right. Explaining yourself is something that you do to an authority figure. If a parent asks you, why would you do that? Where are you going? A teacher asking you, a boss asking you, you know, so when you enter that dynamic into a relationship, into a partnership, you know, it, it is a power play. And I do want to say just quick caveat here, quick disclaimer. I am super aware that sometimes when this behavior happens, it may be happening because there is a abusive dynamic in the relationship 
or there may be a mental health issue in the relationship or there may be some other traumatic factor where it's not just you having the nature of over explaining. Right. But, you know, that person really is manipulating the situation, which is making that occur. So I'm, I am not speaking to that specifically. What I'm talking about is when we're bringing habits in that are learned from our childhood or bringing habits in that are maybe not applicable in that new relationship. So I found myself you know, doing this at times in advance of what's required in my current relationship, you know, where I will, something will occur. And then I'm like, so I'm, you know, I'm really sorry, but here's the reason why I did that. And, you know, I swear that it, you know, it was for a good reason. And this is the purpose. And, you know, Alex will literally look at me and just be like, babe, I trust you. Like, it's fine. And I'll realize, oh my gosh, I'm, you know, was triggered basically. And I was doing the thing that, I, you know, tried to do for years as a safety mechanism with my father and, you know, in previous relationships. And it just doesn't belong here. It's not required. But, you know, in sort of being in this relationship and really exploring, you know, these protective behaviors that I do, you know, kind of knee jerk behaviors whenever I'm nervous about being in the room or nervous about, you know, a big deal or nervous about a new space that really seeing where else it exists. And, you know, and I found that, oh, my gosh, like, you know, I had to be careful to not do that in contracts. You know, I don't need to explain, well, you should pay me this. And here are the reasons why, you know, when they're seeking you out to be signed for, you know, and and there is a difference between sort of explaining the service that you offer, explaining the value around the money, you know, in in that sort of uh, context. But yeah, explaining just like your sheer worth is just something that I like, I'm not interested in doing it and call it, you know, being a woman who is of a certain age, you know, uh, you can Google it if you want to know, <laughs> you know, but I just am at that place where it's just not going to happen. And it's funny because I remember growing up and hearing the aunties talk about it and, you know, seeing the mamas being like, I'm not going to explain myself to you. Or, you know, if we I think that one thing we always joke about, if you see the memes, you know, you'll see these older women who will just be really matter of fact and be like, no, like, I'm not going to do it, you know, or we'll see certain celebrities who've earned a certain level and status of accolade where they're just like, no, like that. It's just a no, you know, and I'm not going to explain why it's a no. And it's almost offensive of you to ask me. And I think that sometimes there's an inclination to label these people as being maybe stuck up or label these people as, you know, thinking that they're better than or, you know, thinking that they've uh, elevated to a place where it's like, oh, I'm just too good, you know, to say certain things. And I just I really am hoping that what you're hearing from me now is that that's not what it means about you. If you are confident and you know your own worth and you're aware that in some scenarios, what I'm asking for is like not just the bare minimum, but it is literally what I deserve. The last thing I'm going to do is explain my worth. Okay, friends, I will be the first to say it. Summertime is not giving what it's supposed to give. It's supposed to be vacations and breaks. And y'all, I am busier than ever. Between carting the kids to play dates and summer camp and taking care of regular business stuff, I just do not have the time to cook. But I can't sacrifice eating well. And so I've got to tell you what I've been up to. I've been using Factor. It's America's number one ready-to-eat meal kit. Now, I know, I know you hear all about meal kits, but this one's different. This is a ready-to-eat meal that's nutritious delivered straight to my door. Catch this. Factor is fresh, never frozen, and ready to heat and eat in just two minutes. That matters. 
Also, all their meals are dietitian approved. They're calorie smart. If you're focused on protein, which girl, I'm not getting any younger, so it matters. I can get 30 grams of protein or more per serving. And they're delicious. They've got surf and turf, roasted garlic, filet mignon, and shrimp, a delicious Cajun spice shrimp and salmon. I mean, if you're keeping keto or you're vegan or veggie, they've got something for you too. I'm telling you, it really is possible for you to stay on track, meet your goals, pay attention to not skipping breakfast because they've got breakfast items or just grab a cold fresh juice, shake, or smoothie. Factor helps you with all of that. And even better, you can save money too by not paying for all that takeout at the last minute because you just didn't have the time. Factor is faster than restaurant delivery. It's out of your microwave in just two minutes. So I want you to check it out. No prep, no mess, just heat and eat. Head to factormeals.com slash Nicole50 and use code Nicole50 to get 50% off your first box. That's code Nicole50 at factormeals.com slash Nicole50 to get 50% off your first box. Thank me later, girl. I'll be the first to say it. Girl, I am not getting any younger. <laughs> and that means that I have to pay a lot of attention to what's going in my body. But it also means I need to pay a lot of attention to what's going on it. And that's why I've been putting a lot more time into swapping out my makeup for cleaner versions. Now, what's a clean makeup version? It's knowing what's in it, knowing how the product benefits me, paying attention to the ingredients. But this has been really hard to do. You can't just go anywhere and know exactly what's in the product, but you can go to Sephora. Sephora actually puts a clean seal so that you know exactly which products are clean for you to use. And you can also go to their website to learn more about the brand, the product, the benefits, the ingredient. They're making it easy by putting it all in one spot. So if you're looking for a new lipstick, guess what? Look for the clean seal. I have found amazing options with Ami Cole. It's a black-owned brand. They've got an incredible gloss that I just adore, a powder that works flawlessly, and I got them both at Sephora, and they are clean seal options. So if you want to learn more about what you're putting on your skin and you want to swap out to more clean options, learn more by visiting sephora.com clean. You can learn more about clean makeup options, the benefits, and the ingredients by visiting sephora.com slash clean. This actually came up a lot, you know, during the, gosh, what do we call it now? The racial reconciliation of 2020. I, I don't even know. But it was around the time that, you know, the world witnessed George Floyd's murder. And, you know, there was a lot of different viewpoints that were entering those, you know, conversations in a public sphere for the first time. Um, I should say in a unified public sphere for the first time, because these conversations have always been happening, but just not everybody was listening. But in these conversations, you know, one talk track that was occurring was people saying, look, like, I should not have to explain that as a black person that I matter. Like, I shouldn't even like it's it's almost offensive and laughable, if you will, that someone would really expect me to explain why my sheer existence has worth. 
And, you know, and there was definitely a segment of people and this is not a judgment around that, but I'm just explaining a talk track that, you know, some may not have been aware of. But there was a segment of people who were like, look, I'm not even going to expend the emotional labor to explain the different reasons why my life is valid and the different reasons why my opinion is valid and my work is valid and my existence is valid. I have a right to breathe. And that is not something that I need to litigate and go back and forth on in the comments of social media, let alone on any public platform, because I exist and that's enough. And I want to tell you, I find that standpoint incredibly, incredibly empowering, you know, and while I've always been a grace-filled conversationalist, you know, I really do sympathize and I'm highly compassionate to our individual growth in understanding around our relationships. So I, I like to talk and I'm okay doing it, you know, so it doesn't feel like the same weight of emotional labor. And But I respect people's right for that stance. I also really respect the standpoint of I am not going to explain myself around the bare minimum that I deserve. And so in sharing this with you, you know, as we have navigated what it looks like to start over in life and to, you know, starting over by nature means leaving behind and stepping into something new. I just really hope that you recognize that it's not just about, you know, building healthy boundaries and finding great habits and making more money and building out new relationships. I mean, all these things are true and it is a long list of things that you have to do when you're starting over. But I also want to let you know it's about what you leave behind, you know, and leave behind the, you know, apology written emails and, you know, instant, you know, deference of compliments. Oh, thanks. Thanks. But I this old thing, you know, let's leave all that behind. You don't have to self-deprecate all the time. Right. But also let's leave behind the need to explain the bare minimum around what we deserve. We should be insisting on it and we should simply just stay still and make good eye contact until we receive it because we deserve it. And know and trust that, you know, if someone doesn't want to give it to us, that doesn't say anything about us or what we deserve. And it's really my hope that, you know, you look in the coming week, in the coming months at different contracts or opportunities or relationships that you have and you ask yourself, you know, do I feel like I'm constantly juggling for positioning here because I have to explain why I'm worth spending time with or why I'm worth honoring and respecting and why this boundary needs affirmed? And and then asking yourself if maybe you just don't want to use any more energy to do that, you know, especially as we're chasing after these kids for the summer and especially as we're trying to grow, you know, our energy is so, so valuable. I talked about that last week, you know, with some of my recent health diagnoses, you know, that I'm really doing my very best to be intentional about where I spend my energy and you know where I'm not spending it anymore, explaining who I am, why I'm worth it, and what I deserve. And friend, I don't want you to do that either. Another great chat. Oh, I love spending time together. Now I need you to subscribe, rate, and leave a review because I love hearing from you. And then come hang out with me on Instagram at Nicole Walters. I'll be back here next week and I hope you are too. See you there, friend. Please note that this episode may contain paid endorsements and advertisements for products and services. Individuals on the show may have a direct or indirect financial interest in products or services referred to in this episode.